Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And by Brome, where bird feeding meets innovation. Discover truly squirrel-proof bird feeders, all backed by lifetime care commitment. Learn more at brome.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to our show number 975. Our show is a little bit different today. We'll be doing a little extra saluting and plugging of efforts by people and groups. And in the plugging part, even our show will get into the act. But right now we have an update about the story of Flacco the Owl. F-L-A-C-O is the spelling. And in case you missed the original story, Flacco, the male Eurasian eagle owl, escaped from New York City's Central Park Zoo last year after vandals cut a hole in his enclosure. And he became something of a celebrity when he spent the next nine months living and hunting in Central Park and then eventually wandering to nearby neighborhoods until he came to his end after colliding into a building, probably a window, in Manhattan's Upper West Side. Well, Flacco's death has brought additional scrutiny to the issue of building standards for windows that reduce the likelihood of bird collisions and deaths. New York City itself had set some tough standards in 2019 through a bill passed by the New York legislature to require more bird-friendly design in buildings statewide. And on February 26th, the Monday after Flacco's death, the regulation was renamed the Flacco Act. Meanwhile, an organization called Manhattan Bird Alert has started a petition to create a way to remember Flacco with a statue in Central Park. Their statement says, quote, Please consider adding your name to this petition to show the city council that you too would love to see a statue of Flacco added to the park to commemorate his legacy and to remind us all to keep a curious, respectful eye out for the myriad wonderful beings with whom we share this space, end quote. If you'd like to sign the petition, by the way, just Google Manhattan Bird Alert Petition. That's Manhattan Bird Alert Petition. Meanwhile, I'm thinking of someone who would certainly give a thumbs up to that idea of keeping a respectful eye out for other beings. That would be Aldo Leopold. Mentioning that today because this happens to be Aldo Leopold Week, saluting the man many call the father of modern conservation and the father of wildlife ecology. He's certainly most famous for his book, A Sand County Almanac, which has been translated into 14 languages and sold more than 2 million copies. It's a book in which he put forth his argument that there is a critical need for a new ethic dealing with humans' relation to land, animals, and plants that rejects strictly human-centered views of the environment and focuses instead on the preservation of healthy, self-renewing ecosystems. And of course, that ethic is still inspiring people today, 75 years after the publication of his iconic book. 
You can read more at aldoleopold.org. We apologize to listeners in the U.K. for failing to note National Nest Box Week, which ran from February 14th to the 21st in the U.K. However, we are monitoring the boxes in the Talking Birds Garden of our home radio station here in Massachusetts because we've seen eastern bluebirds out there checking out the nest boxes. So we're going to hope that they pick one out for this spring. Well, last Sunday was the concluding day of one of America's great birding festivals, the San Diego Bird Festival. Talking Birds was most fortunate to have been represented there by four wonderful friends of the show, Charity Hagen, Haley Perez, Jessamine Kayback, and the lady who did a marvelous job of coordinating it all, Lori Large. So thank you, Charity, Haley, Jessamine, and Lori Oh, Jessamine, by the way, is a talented photographer. You can see her work on her website, roadwestphotography.com. Definitely worth a look, roadwestphotography.com. And Haley Perez has followed up her festival work with a partly festival-related audio postcard, one of two that we'll hear this morning, and here it is. Hi everyone, this is Haley from San Diego. I just got finished at the San Diego Bird Festival. I was volunteering at the Talking Birds booth with my friend Lori Large. We had a great time meeting new people and getting people interested in the show. There was a lot of interest. We handed out lots of cards, got some people signed up for the newsletter, and on my way home I thought I would stop by the Rob Field Mud Flats because there's been a burrowing owl spotted around here recently, and I haven't had a chance to check it out. It's right around the corner from where the birding festival was being held. But alas, I could not find it, but I did find many, many royal terns, which you just heard. They're very noisy, very beautiful to watch, and I also got to see a little blue heron that was foraging in the shallow waters, and that was a very good watch as well. Hope everyone's having a good weekend. Happy birding. Good birding to you, Haley, and thanks. And I hope you have a chance to uh, maybe take another look for that burrowing owl. Now from California, we go southwest for a report from Kimberly Mutu and an audio postcard from New Zealand. Good morning. It's Kimberly here. In the background the series of four or five sharp calls are from the sacred kingfisher which is just above me in a tree along the banks of the upper harbor just off of Hobsonville in outside of Auckland, New Zealand you can also hear a spotted dove in the background and around me are several other birds including um, silver gull, kelp gull, white-fronted tern, pied cormorant, uh, tui, gray gray gon, Australian magpie, New Zealand fantail. It's beautiful here, sunrise over summer in New Zealand. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for that that report, Kimberly. I like that summer in New Zealand. And by the way, we'll get a picture of that uh, sacred kingfisher up on our website and Facebook 
page as well. Coming up on our show in a little bit, our mystery bird contest. It's another special one with a chance to uh, get into a drawing for a pair of binoculars from our friends at Vortex. This is a preview of the contest. You heard the sound there. Our bird is a small songbird with yellow underparts and an olive green back. The male has a black cap and black throat connected by a vertical black line, nearly forming a complete encircling of its yellow face. While the female is more pale overall, usually lacks the complete head-circling markings of the male. Our bird, which winters in southern Mexico, the West Indies, and points south, breeds all across the eastern U.S. and southern Canada, feeding on insects found on vegetation or by flycatching. Some clues there, and uh, the sound of our mystery bird and prizes include the beautiful Broome Squirrel Solution 150 feeder, genuinely squirrel-proof and chew-proof as well, and easy to clean, and even features a vented seed tray to keep the seed fresh and dry. And from our friends at Fresh Cut Paper, makers of beautiful life-size pop-up floral bouquets that are wilt-proof and crafted to last a lifetime. And I'm looking at one of them right now on a screen here, and I'll explain that later. It's five Fresh Cut Paper bouquets. And yes, they have bird-themed bouquets among their selections. And our winner today will be eligible in the March 17th drawing for a pair of Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binoculars. And uh, only five people will be in that drawing. So some pretty good odds there for our mystery bird contest. We have two conservation salutes this week. We're fans of birds and beans coffee around here. But many of us from time to time do find ourselves in a coffee shop where that fine brew is not available. We want to give a little conservation salute to two coffee places that your humble host visited recently. One of them is called Cava, C-A-V-A, saluting them for a simple but important thing that they're doing. It's revealed in a sign posted prominently in their shop in Boston and presumably at their other locations around the country. It says, help yourself to a paper straw. If you require a plastic straw, please let us know. The company also appears to be making good faith effort to reduce plastic by using coffee stirrers made of natural wood material, for example, and using compostable materials for plates and such. The other coffee place we'd like to salute might be a little controversial place for some. It's one that most of us have heard of. It's Starbucks where they're finally allowing customers to bring their own cups to be filled instead of having to accept a single-use cup with a single-use plastic lid that works in their shops, in their drive through and pre-orders too, and they're offering the option at their locations in Canada as well. They have committed to reducing waste by 50% by 2030, they're still using a lot of plastic at Starbucks, but this is one small step in the right direction, and we think worthy of a little salute. One more thing on the conservation front today. It concerns EVs, electric vehicles. Some pretty big news as the march to clean electric propulsion continues. The European Car of the Year has been chosen, and it's pure electric. It's the Renault Scenic, kind of a compact sport utility from France. That's pretty exciting, but what's equally exciting maybe is that four of the seven finalists 
for European Car of the Year are completely electric. And the other three have fully electric or plug-in hybrid versions. That voting, by the way, uh, done by motoring journalists uh, from publications throughout Europe. Meanwhile, the SUV of the year here in North America is the Kia EV9, also pure electric. Wow. Okay, here's another salute. It's two more of those wonderful folks that we call Talking Birds Ambassadors, helping us spread the word about birds and conservation. And uh, a couple of folks whose names uh, we uh, misplaced last week and didn't thank them, so let's catch up (laughs) on that. Thank you, Russ, from Sutton's Bay, Michigan, right there on the bay of the same name, part of Grand Traverse Bay and Lake Michigan. And thanks to Hans Petermann from Warner, California. Hans is a volunteer and board member of the Wildlife Research Institute, which ran a very popular hawk watch program every Saturday in January and February. And Hans has spread the word about talking birds at those great events. Thank you, Hans. And thanks to Jody Montoya from Tucson, Arizona. She signed up as an ambassador at the Southeast Arizona Bird Festival back in August. Thank you, Jody. Our Talking Birds Ambassadors family continues to grow, we're happy to say. We have plenty of room for more ambassadors in the family. If you'd like to join and help us spread the word, it's easy to do at TalkingBirds.com. Just click on the Get Involved tab at the top of our home page. That's TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, our saluting and plugging theme continues. We'll have a shameless plug for our show when our very own Fran McGregor joins us in a couple of minutes. Also today, Mike O'Connor will be with us for Let's Ask Mike segment almost live from the archive about whether it's really a good idea to feed birds. It's a brave topic for a man who sells bird seed and bird feeders. And up next, a bird that's on its way north from the tropics to sing its hauntingly beautiful song across much of North America is today's featured feathered friend. The sound of today's featured feathered friend has been described as ethereal and liquid, as well as jangling and metallic. The bird is the viri, which gets its name from the descending veer notes of its song. It's a medium-sized thrush with rusty brown upperparts, white underparts with soft, rusty brown spots on the breast, and light gray flanks. It has a pale, buff-colored throat and a pointed, narrow bill. And here's an example of those veer notes produced in two parts by the veery's voice-producing organ called the syrinx, which allows it to harmonize with itself. The veery's breeding grounds cover almost all of the upper tier of U.S. states and large parts of Canada. Its wintering grounds were long believed to cover the northern third of South America. But according to the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's All About Birds site, its actual winter territory is now known to be confined to central and southern Brazil. The Viri is a powerful migratory flyer, covering up to 160 miles in a single night, sometimes at altitudes greater than a mile. In its breeding habitats of dense, mostly deciduous and damp woodlands, 
Veeries feed mostly on insects in the spring, foraging along the ground, often flipping up leaf litter with their bills to uncover prey, and then consuming fruits in the late summer and fall. Like so many other bird species, veeries have experienced a slow decline in population over the past 50 years. The good news is that the Partners in Flight Continental Concern Score rating lists them as a species of relatively low conservation concern. The veeries' scientific name matches its vocalizations and its coloring. Catharis, coming from the Greek word for pure, likely due to the song quality of the bird and its nightingale thrush relatives, and fusessens, from the Latin word for dusky. Today's featured feathered friend, Catharis fusessens, the viri. Welcome again to our show, number 975. Freya McGregor, in addition to her wonderful work with Access Birding, is Talking Birds Outreach Coordinator and Ambassador-in-Chief. She's just come back from the San Diego Birding Festival. We don't have much time here for this, but we're going to run through quickly to something we'd like to promote a little bit here. Freya, good morning. And first, let me ask you about the festival, how, how how that all went. Good morning, Ray. Yeah, the festival was great fun. Um, beautiful weather, really interesting birds. So fun to meet Charity, Laurie, Jessamine and Haley uh, on the Talking Birds table. I was actually on the Zeiss table, but I got to see lots of traffic coming past the um, the Talking Birds table and uh, lots of engagement there. It was really exciting. And uh, I caught up with a few lifers too, which was pretty fun in between leading a few accessible outings. So yeah, great festival all around. Nice indeed. I will ask you about those lifers, but we're we're so short on time here. We we have to move on to this fact that we have some wonderful supporting sponsors for our show, including Vortex Optics and Brome Bird Care and the famous Bird Watchers General Store. But we have a way for listeners to sort of become sponsors as well. Maybe you could give the description of what that is. Yeah, so um, it turns out when I started working with you, Ray, I was asking you, like, how does, um, where does the money come and how much does it cost to put a show, money? like, on the radio? And, in fact, you have to pay to put a show on the radio. So um, the sponsors um, are really, really important, but they mostly just help um, you pay me and Debbie. And, uh, yeah, so listeners now, if you would like, we would love to have you join us as kind of sponsors through a Patreon um, where you pay a certain amount every month, you contribute a certain amount every month, um, and that money just goes back into the show to help us get on the air and, and out into your podcast apps. Yes, on the air is the key uh, phrase there. We do our show, of course, on radio and by podcast. So we have different tiers by which you could support us. One is, and these are monthly, $5 per month support is the Marsh Wren level, and includes behind-the-scenes photos of stuff going on here inside the studio and outside as well. We have a $10 tier we call Ruffed Grouse with behind-the-scenes photos in the studio and all that, and then some special extended guest interviews as well. And then we have another level, one more level, $20 yeah, if you're level. Feeling, yeah, if you're feeling really generous, um, <laughs> if you... Contribute $20 a month at the Osprey level. Um, you get all of the above fun stuff as well as autographed, uh, like the scripts, the program sheets yeah. that Ray 
references during the show, which, by the way, I thought were really cool when I first saw them. Um, he'll he'll auto autograph one for you and send it out and make a personalized video as well, which is just super fun. Yeah, and we're happy to say we already have uh, some Osprey-level contributors, so uh, we've been busy making uh, some videos uh, for that purpose. So uh, we hope you'll uh, join our Patreon. It's uh, it's pretty easy to do at patreon.com slash Talking Birds. That's uh, that's how to do it and help support our show. Freya, thank you so much. We'll have you back soon to tell us about though. You can tell us about those lifers and tell us more about access birding, that wonderful work you're doing there. Thanks, Ray. And oh, the fresh cut paper bouquet you could see on the screen before. Oh, yeah. My husband gave me one um, cherry blossom <laughs> to Valentine's Day. It's sitting on our desk, on my desk, and it's really, really lovely. I can yeah. endorse that. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that since I said I was going to mention it. So. Thanks. Thanks again, Freya. Bye. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. We have to kind of rush through this, but we don't want to forget to mention that our winner today will be eligible in the March 17th drawing for a pair of Vortex Viper H by, uh, HD 8x42 binoculars. Uh, $500 retail value, by the way. And uh, just the winners of our last few contests will be in that drawing. And today, a Brome Squirrel Solution 150 feeder is one of our prizes. And five of those beautiful bouquets you just heard about from Fresh Cut Paper. And if we get to our bonus question, a feather-friendly bird window collision kit. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with yellow underparts and an olive green back. The male has a black cap and black throat connected by a vertical black line, nearly forming a complete circling of its yellow face. We don't want to say the word that describes this because it would kind of give away the bird. The female is more pale overall, usually lacks the complete head circling markings of the mail. What is it? Tell us or take a guess. Either way could mean you're the winner. If we don't get a correct answer, we'll do a drawing. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. That's 781-837-4900. Please do call us as soon as you can for our mystery bird contest. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, almost live from the archive, it's Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Welcome to a world where bird feeding is enjoyable for both you and your feathered friends. Introducing Squirrel Buster Bird Feeders by Brome. 
Our innovative feeders are designed to keep squirrels at bay, ensuring that your garden birds get their fair share. And the best part? We offer lifetime care for every feeder making your purchase worry-free. Transform your garden into a bird paradise and keep it that way forever. Sorry, squirrels. It's just for the birds this time. Visit Brome.com, B-R-O-M-E.com to discover our full range of squirrel buster feeders and join the Brome family today. Brome, where birds come first and our commitment to you lasts a lifetime. Down to Cape Cod where they've escaped the snow again. That's what they say. That's what they claim. And let's see if it's really true from somebody we might believe. That's Mike O'Connor at the Bird Watchers. General oh my God! It's a beautiful yeah. hit day today. <laughs> yeah, nothing but sunshine. I, right? Oh my yeah. God! It's so awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I just got back from the beach, and I just got to yeah. put some lotion on because I think yeah. I might have got a burn. Sun comes up about four a.m. in the winter day. <laughs> I think. <right? laughs> it's never set on Cape Cod, All right. except at sunset. Well, Mike, you're in the kind of the bird feeding business, and yet you're willing to uh, tackle the topic of whether it's really a good idea. To feed birds, it's not necessarily a one hundred percent yes answer. Not one hundred percent, yeah. And I got this from your little, your, your friend uh, uh, Andrea, Andrea from Quebec. Yes, you mentioned her earlier. She sent me a link to this, and I read that Cornell had put out this story, and they run these stories once in a while because that's always a topic that people are concerned about: is feeding birds a good thing? Now, remember, getting this information from me is like. You know, asking Papa John if pizzas are a good idea. Yeah. You know, this is kind of what I do for a living. But still, I, you know, it, it's feeding birds. Now, there's some downfalls, there's some pros and cons. I think the, in the pros, in this case, certainly outweigh the cons. Um, the birds clearly benefit from it. Uh, they've expanded some birds' natural range with feeders. But more importantly, I think it turns people's opinion about nature and birds in a positive way. People who feed birds tend to listen to shows like Talking Birds. They're more likely to support environmental measures. They're, they're more likely to keep their cats in the house. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to to just appreciate nature on a whole. The cons on, on feed, you know, and we, we, you get to see a cardinal or a hummingbird or an oriole or bluebird up close. That kind of changes your mind on nature, and you'll be more supportive of natural, natural things. Um, people worry about if birds become dependent on feeders. I think that's a big Concern. The answer pretty much to that is, is no. Um, in nature, food is always disappearing. They land on a, a berry bush, they eat all the berries, and then they move on. They're always running into food sources to disappear. So if you have a feeder and you stop feeding, the birds don't die. They just continue on looking for food. The concern I think most scientists have with feeders is that can be a place to spread disease you know because when birds all congregate in one area and if one bird is sick it could pass it on to other other birds so that's why i always um you know get it on people get on their case about keeping their feeders clean and maintaining them you know and, and you know some people are a little bit sloppy but if you have a feeder you put the feeder out and then when you bring it in to fill it don't top it off don't put fresh seed on top of old seed and let it get moldy Shake it out, clean it out, and occasionally bring it in and wash, wash the thing carefully and keep the ground underneath the feeder clean. If you have a bird bath, change the water regularly. Just don't let rainwater build up and, you know, let the, the droppings from the birds pollute the feeder. Brush it out once in a while and clean it out occasionally. But other than that, I think if you just pay attention to the feeders 
and and kind of maintain the area. It's it's not a problem for the birds, and the positives in this case are really good. Because I mean, we all we all like to see the birds coming through the fetus. We all like to see the the, the chickadees and the cardinals and the titmice. And, and in case of Andrea up there in Quebec, she sent me pictures of pine growth. Because, are you kidding? That's just wow. That would be a gold bird for me to have in my future. Beautiful picture. She said we'll have that on our Facebook page too. We might mention too, Mike. There's a lot of birds that we up in the north here see that maybe at least in part are there because of bird feeders and the fact that birds have expanded their range northward because they can get that food. Right. Yeah. Like um, when back back to the time there was no cardinals in, in, here in Massachusetts. Where we 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 are. And they've all they've expanded north. The Carolina wren it's expanded north. The red-bellied woodpecker is expanding north. Part of it's part of it's climate change. You know, the winters aren't as harsh as they used to be because these birds typically aren't migrating birds. But they do take advantage and make it through some tough times, kind of from fears that we put out there. Okay, well, thank you, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. All right, Mike. Mike O'Connor right. down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store. Uh, legendarily bad time management strikes again. We just have time to ask Lauren in Pennsylvania what that mystery bird is. Lauren, what do you say it is? I say hooded warbler. Ah, you are absolutely right. Thanks for being so fast with that answer, too. Stand, stand the line, Lauren. We'll send you those prizes, and we are out of time. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And by Broom, where bird feeding meets innovation. Discover truly squirrel-proof bird feeders, all backed by lifetime care commitment. Learn more at broom.com.